Hello, my name's uh, Iggy Tan. I'm the Managing Director of Alltech Chemicals, and we're a company that is uh, using game-changing technology uh, to advance uh, silicon graphite uh, anode material in Europe. Iggy, good introduction, um, short and sweet. Nice to meet you. Um, thank you for coming on this call. I'm very much looking forward to learning more about your company in the next half an hour or so. Thanks for having me. What I know about um, anode coating technology is 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 not worth um, talking about, but um, you are in the perfect position to explain to me. And you've got a very helpful website. I really like the fact that you've got that profile on the on the on the top of your website, which talks um, any anybody who's interested in your company about the kind of the basic uh, kind of activities of your of your company. And really, it's kind of two parts. Um, you've got this. Um, uh, a, a plant in Malaysia and um, producing alumina and and kaolin and the operation in Australia. But I, the, the the main thrust of the company, as it seems today, is the the high tech aspect in Germany feeding the European market. Um, a, a is that right? And B, could you just kind of give us kind of an overview of that high tech end of the kind of the the, the, the Germany side of things? Yeah. So we are very much focused on. Uh, silicon in lithium-ion batteries. As you know, the uh, development of lithium-ion batteries has focused around cathode material for, for many decades. And it's time now that the uh, development should be around the anode side or the graphite side to increase the density of these batteries. Now, uh, Tesla in their last battery day have announced that they are looking for silicon to be incorporated uh, in lithium-ion batteries. And the interesting thing is that silicon has 10 times the energy density than graphite. So from a layman's point of view, there is uh, 10 times more sites that the, the lithium can sit on in silicon. Now, if silicon is such a great anode material, why isn't it being incorporated in commercial batteries today? And really, there's two major barriers to this. Uh, the first one is that silicon expands 300% in volume during the lithiation process, and it gets to the point that it fractures. Uh, and the sorry, second point... Sorry, when you say yep. lithiation process, do you mean that when it's actually being created, when you're forming the anode, you, 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 you coat it with lithium, and in that process, the silicon expands and it cracks. It, it's actually in the battery when you do your first charge. So when you okay. first charge and discharge it, that's the lithiation process. Okay. And, and, and that fractures uh, and to the point that it causes delamination in the battery and swelling and so on. The other major problem is that the, the silicon has a first cycle loss of nearly 50%. What it does, it grabs... 50% of the lithium and makes it inactive to the battery and it forms an SEI layer. I know it uh, sounds very technical, but essentially those two problems stop silicon being in commercial batteries today. And a lot of companies have been trying to resolve this problem. And uh, our company last year announced that we have cracked the silicon code. And essentially we have produced batteries that are 30% higher energy density uh, because we've incorporated the silicon and solved those two problems. So, and the way so, we've done that is basically we use high-purity alumina layer to coat the silicon and graphite particles, and that how that contains the particles from expanding, and it also resolves that first cycle loss. So 
very uh, important game-changing news that we did last year. Uh, I mean, wow. First of all, that, that's extraordinary. But essentially, so silicon is this, this kind of the wonder material that is 10 times, um, can store 10 times energy, more energy than graphite. Yeah. But the problem was that it breaks on first charge and then you get 50% loss on first charge. So it was completely impractical and the theory didn't match up with the practice. Yeah. You're saying that with a high purity alumina coating around yeah. the the silicon, it, it can actually contain that expansion charge. So, I mean, it, it's actually binds it together. Yes, yeah, so it, it, it contains the fracture and, it, and because you've already got a layer, you don't absorb the lithium uh, and you lose that in your first cycle. So um, the, the technology works. We have run uh, batteries for, for very long cycles. We know they're stable. And we're now at the point where we're moving beyond the 30% and our labs in Australia are now pushing uh, beyond 30%. But more importantly, we are now moving to the commercial stage. Uh, and, and I can talk a bit about the uh, proposed plant that we're going to build in Saxony, Germany. But before we get onto that, can I just ask, um, you know, the last Tesla day was, I think, about two years ago. It was kind of June, May, June 2020. But you presumably have been working on this problem prior to that you know this is not a it's not been a quick fix or maybe it has i mean how, how long has it been in the gestation progress program yeah. process yeah we, we have been working it from the next uh, for the last 12 18 months but there are also many companies in in the world is trying to solve this problem and some of the solutions have been to use very tiny particles of silicon which is called really nano silicon uh, and and that seems to work as well but the problem is is very expensive to get to nano-sized silicon particles and also very hard to commercialize and, and scale up. So our solution uh, is a different uh, solution, but it, it, we don't have to use nanoparticles. So that, that really brings the cost uh, of our product right down um, compared to some of the alternatives. And what was the... What was the leap to realizing that alumina, the alumina coating or a high purity alumina coating, you know, because you wouldn't normally think to put a kind of a, a membrane in between your two active uh, elements. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, interesting. First, the good point is that the alumina coating is at two nanometers in, in layer size, and it doesn't stop the lithium from going through it. So the lithium goes, passes through the a layer and it doesn't stop the performance of the battery. So that's the first important point. Uh, there's also a lot of research that has been done around alumina coating. So we we basically took all that research that is around and, and use our technology to make it work at a much cheaper process and uh, ability to scale up. And, and essentially that that's what we've done. And if I if I heard you right, you said it, you'd been working on it for twelve to eighteen months. So essentially, yeah. you heard the call from Elon Musk at the battery day, and then you put yourselves to applying the the technology to a, you know to, to resolving the problem that he he raised. Yes, I, I think there is a, there is a push uh, worldwide to uh, to resolve the silicon issue and. Um, and, you know, we're, we've been fortunate to be able to crack this silicon problem. Okay. As I understand it from reading your materials, there, there are two things here. One is you're taking a plant to commercial 
uh, advancement. You're taking, you're, you, you've got a pre-feasibility and you're raising finance to build the plant. And the other is you're doing research on improving the process further still. Is that, is that correct? You've got the two approaches. Yeah, that's correct. So we, we have been working also on a uh, preliminary feasibility study. So you, great, you've got a concept and you've done a lot of research. Now we've got to take it to commercial terms. So essentially, we want to build a 10,000 ton per annum silicon graphite uh, plant. And the, 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 the product that we are going to produce is called solumina anodes. Uh, and essentially what we do is we buy graphite material and we buy silicon material. We coat the, the two types of material with our alumina coating technology. We put it together as a product called solumina anodes. And uh, recently uh, we announced the economics for it, very attractive economics. The capital costs or the investment is around 95 million US dollars, not a very large number, but the uh, returns is uh, quite outstanding. Actually, the, the net present value is around 507 US uh, million dollars. So sorry, the the um the capex. I thought it was two hundred ninety-eight million. Thought, no, no, no. This, well, this is the for the uh, solumina anode plant. Uh, I think the capex you're talking about is for the high purity alumina Malaysian ah. plant, which is a different project. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, so, crosswise. Yeah. So uh, internal rate of return for the solumina anode project is forty uh, percent. Uh, it generates around sixty-three million. US EBITDA or uh, net cash per annum. Uh, and the uh, payback is around 3.1 years. So very attractive economics. The capital cost is uh, not very large. Uh, and so because of the uh, outstanding um, uh, economics, the uh, board has decided that we move into a, a definitive feasibility study. So we're advancing that. Now to support to, to support the project going to commercial application, we also have to produce commercial samples so that we can get it to our end customers who will then go through their extensive qualification process. So if you're going to use our material to make a lithium ion battery that goes into an electric vehicle, um, you can imagine the, uh, the amount of testing that has to happen and the qualification process that has to happen before the, the product even gets to the market. So to do that, we have to build a pilot plan. So uh, the site that we have in Germany, we have already purchased the site. Uh, and next door, there is a, a warehouse, a large warehouse space that we have leased. And we are now in the process of designing a, a pilot plant and, uh, and building that pilot plant for, for those commercial samples. Great. Okay. And what's the what's the... Uh, what's the timeline on that? I mean, um, when are you looking to have that completed in the first commercials? Um, well, the, um, well, hopefully the, the pilot plan will be completed by the end of this year and we will then commission and optimise the process and get some of the samples uh, to some of the downstream customers. We, we also have a lot of interest, as you can imagine, uh, and we have signed up two NDAs with uh, two auto German automakers uh, and um, and also an NDA with a, a European uh, battery maker. So there's a lot of interest uh, in the possibility of 
uh, an extra energy, higher energy density battery, of course, because if you get a higher energy density, you can actually reduce the cost of the battery by scaling down the weight of the battery. And, and that yep. really is the next phase of uh, lithium ion battery development. It's, it's weight reduction, absolutely crystal clear. But there's, there's also, you're also talking about range extension and life extension. So it, it's not just a weight reduction, it's, it's the life of battery as well, isn't it? Yeah, so to give you a context of uh, uh, the graphite uh, anode, uh, and, and again, it's a, a technical term, it runs about 330 milliamps per hour per gram. They're just, it's just a measure of the, the current. If you add 10% of silicon in the graphite, it doubles that to around uh, 600 to 700 milliamps just by adding 10% of silicon. If you add 20% of silicon in that and you resolve those problems, uh, it can go from 300 milliamps to nearly uh, 900 milliamps. So nearly triple the energy density by just adding 20% of silicon. So you can see the, uh, the massive potential uh, of silicon being in these batteries. And your commercial, your pilot is going to be working on plus 30% uh, silicon. Well, that's our ultimate aim. So we are, we are moving towards that. Uh, at the moment, uh, we've announced that we've got 30% higher energy uh, batteries. Uh, and, and we're now moving towards that commercial side. And the other important thing is that uh, we have uh, partnered with European suppliers because I'm sure you realize that with the Ukraine crisis uh, and supply chain issues, um, it's important that all the materials for the European battery industry or the EV industry is sourced within Europe. So that's an important point. And so we, we source our graphite from SGL Carbon, a, a very large European graphite producer, and we source our silicon from Ferroglobe, one of the largest European uh, silicon producer. And that's very important for the end product going into the European EV industry. Um, thank you. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, you know, the supply lines, the provenance of your materials is absolutely crucial um, going yeah. forward. So just getting my head around the, the energy savings and the energy efficiencies, your, your test work to date has shown a 30% increase in energy efficiency and what loading, what increase in, on this silicon content in the anode is that on, on prior? Well, um, at, the yeah, at the moment, it's uh, confidential that uh, the amount of silicon we're using for that, but essentially we, we're happy to say that um, a normal battery would run around 300 milliamps uh, per gram per hour. Our batteries are running at 430 milliamps per uh, per gram per hour, which is that 30% increase. And that, that is a, a massive step change because essentially uh, the lithium-ion battery is very st stable in the energy density. So to get to the next step, it, it's, it's a very big, uh, very big change to, to get there. And it's, it, it is game-changing technology. And if you design your, if you take your um, pilot plant, yeah. And you, you, you advance to a, a full feasibility study on the basis of a battery that's going to work on 430 milliamps per gram per hour. Yeah. What happens if in your R&D in Australia, you are able to load your silicon higher and you can produce something which is better than that? Can you then oh, yeah. go back? Can you go back and change your, you know, how, 
how flexible is your pilot plant? How flexible is your feasibility study? Yeah, so to, good question. Uh, essentially, we build a plant that we can adjust the amount of silicon material in the graphite. Uh, and, and we can basically dial that in. Uh, and so as the development goes, we will start pushing the silicon content higher and higher. So there is that flexibility uh, and, and it's, um, it's totally flexible. And what are the um, what are the challenges on that silica loading? Is it is it the uh, getting the the right size of the silica grain? The the the, the nano coating? Is it distribution? Is it a construction thing? It, what, yeah. what, what, what are your scientists? What are you, what's the R and D really focusing on? Trying to get that uh, milliamps per hour per gram up. You know what are the, what are their key yeah. challenges? Yeah, it's 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 not only uh, getting that up, but it's getting it stable over the life of the battery. So in the, the 430 milliamps uh, material that we have, we've run it for uh, many, many, many cycles. So four, five, 600 cycles. And each cycle is uh, time to run the cycles. Uh, but it, what it does, it demonstrates stability over the, the life of the battery. You don't want the battery to start at 430 milliamps in the first 10 cycles and then drop away uh, to, to just the, uh, the graphite type of battery. So it's important to get that stability for long periods of time. And our scientists are, are uh, you know, adjusting formula, formulations uh, and, and to get that stability. Okay, so essentially every time they have a breakthrough, they've got to then think ahead and say, oh, this is going to take 8, 12, whatever it is, 16 months to... Um, to, to prove up. So you don't want to run too many of those. You want to make sure that you absolutely are confident about the breakthrough that you've got and that it is a step change and that it's worth running those long, the long cycles. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. I think you should come and work for us. It's exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you talk about in your, in your, um, in your, in your profile, you mentioned the word um, race to market. You know, it's a race to get this commercial. Can you just yeah. kind of describe a little bit about the competitive landscape and, and why that is so important? Yeah, this is a unique situation where there is no market today. So we are the first uh, commercial um, product that is going to hit the market. So, so uh, it's important that we, we get to the market as quick as we can because we know that people are going to try to copy it and try to follow uh, so it's very important to get to the market, establish your end customer base, your operation, and you get up and going. So uh, just like any other product, uh, we are the first uh, to market and we need to get there quick. Yeah, good. I've got a couple of, um, so I had a look at your shareholder register yeah. and it looks as if you've got, um, you know, four kind of institutional groups, um, Deutsche Balaton, MAA Group, Behard, Delphi, uh, and SMS are those all German institutions, or are some of those international? Yeah. And that's yeah, they, 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 they're, they're about thirty percent of the shareholder register. Yeah, uh, three of them are German institutions, and uh, the the fourth one is a Malaysian group. It's, uh, um, the the group is headed by a a prince who, who's also on our board, uh, and they uh, they have been a, a long time shareholder of ours. Okay. And th so th that's 30%. And the other 70% is? Uh, it's general uh, retail market. Yeah. So um, mums and dads, investors, and so on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I, you look down the list of the 20, top 20 shareholders, you do see 
uh, individuals' names coming in, you know, um, yeah. it, it's, it, it, it looks uh, a little bit retail. Um, yeah. Do you have a plan to institutionalize the register from 30%? You know, are, are you marketing to, um, to institutions at the moment? You've, you've, uh, I, I see there's, there's conversations, you're in conversations with um, Norwegian groups, um, German groups about green bonds, about uh, project finance, you know, um, are you going to go, you know, what, what's your capital raising plans and your kind of your marketing strategy? Yeah, so at the moment, we have enough funds to uh, fund the uh, pilot plan and the development of the DFS. Uh, obviously, we, we always uh, are talking to institutions. Uh, we're, we're interested in building that side of the share register. Uh, but the, the, the retail investment is also important. That creates uh, liquidity. Uh, as, as you can see, we are a highly liquid stock. We, we can trade, you know, in the last day, we traded nearly 40 million shares. Uh, that's, that's high turnover and high liquidity, which the institutions like. So uh, we've got about uh, 6,500 shareholders, quite a big shareholder base. Uh, so very exciting stage where we now push into this uh, uh, Solumina Anode uh, project, very there's a lot of interest and uh, there's a lot of excitement about it. I'd, I'd expect some of the, the institutions to start viewing this differently and actually wanting to be a part of the business rather than just kind of running a, a kind of a, a capital gain position on the on, on the share price. You know, rather, I would expect to see institutions saying, actually, I'm going to build a position in this company, but they must be talking to you about critical milestones. What are they saying to you that you have to do before they start backing you in the market? Well, uh, obviously, the um, the milestones was to get the pre-feasibility study out and um, and and advance on the pilot plan. So that, that's all continuing. Uh, I think there will be a lot of interest because uh, the project is also a green project. Uh, the project in Saxony has been accredited by Cicero, one of the largest accreditation groups in uh, in the world based in Norway and they've given the uh, the project a green status so what does that mean essentially uh, we use uh, renewable uh, electricity on on the operation uh, and the fact that we are increasing the density of uh, batteries means that per ton per energy unit of co2 or greenhouse gases we're actually reducing the co2 a footprint of lithium ion batteries by doing it. So both uh, the fact that it's, it's doing that as well as we're using renewable energy, uh, we are accredited as a complete green process. So we will attract a lot of uh, institutions. As you know, there's a lot of money uh, looking for uh, climate change projects. And uh, do you think uh, if you can get this technology out, the market's going to change the lithium demand curve? We, we are very focused. Um, uh, essentially, we're very focused on Europe because we, we think that uh, Europe will be the uh, story of the lithium-ion battery in the next coming decades, uh, essentially driven by uh, CO2 emission regulations by the EU, which is now... Uh, translated to all the automakers in Europe announcing they'll go all electric uh, by 2030 and 2035. So all car manufacturers in Europe have gone, they said they've gone all electric. They don't make other types of cars from then on. 
And so something like 600 gigawatts of battery uh, production capacity has been announced for Europe. Companies like uh, Tesla, uh, CATL, uh, Samsung, etc. And, and you would have seen in the news that Tesla just opened their gigafactory in Berlin, which is not very far away from our site. So there's a lot of focus around Europe uh, and there's a lot of focus around Europe in the EVs and the battery side. And the European Union has also said they don't want to rely on materials or batteries coming from outside Europe. So there's a strong focus uh, on being self-sufficient. And I guess from the what you've seen from the Ukraine crisis, uh, this is especially important for supply chain issues that Europe is seeing today. Well, we, what is out of the scope of this conversation, but it will, will come into focus in Europe in the times to come is how is the electricity generated and where does that come from? But that's, a, that's another conversation. I think the European governments and population are going to have a, a rude awakening as to the, uh, the source of their electricity. But um, beyond the scope of this conversation, of course, the other key component in your um, Solumina anode is yeah. alumina and are you going to be able to incorporate your own alumina into that process and is that an integrated part of the plan yeah so what we're doing for the german plan is to uh, uh, get a, a alumina f- a feedstock that is not centered around the johor project uh, and the reason for that in the, the first phase is that we uh, in case that uh, uh, we're not tied to the time frame of the Johor project. And uh, at the moment, the Johor project is in the financing stage. Um, so we, wa- we just wanted to be able to get our own alumina to uh, purify it and use it in our coding separate to the Johor project. Uh, and, and that will just decouple the both projects. So we're, we're very focused on uh, the financing of the, the HPA project in Johor. Uh, but this is another opportunity where we take the alumina downstream closer to the lithium-ion battery uh, end user. You, you've, you're trying to kind of decouple them. Um, where, where are you sourcing your alumina from? In, I mean, you talk about kind of um, European sources. Where, where is your uh, solumina anode alumina going to come from? Yeah, we, we buy a, a, a feedstock, aluminum hydro, hydroxide feedstock from a, a European supplier, and, and we have to purify that material uh, and, and use it in our coating process. Okay, and that's, that purification and the application is all going to be part of the... the I, I, I see your, your screensaver, it looks like a computer-generated uh, image of... Of yeah, this, that, this is really the plant that we intend to build in Saxony, Germany, the uh, Solumina anode plant, yeah. And so that will include the purification of the alumina yeah. um, and then the application yeah. in, in, your, in your new mix. Yes, uh, correct. Okay, great. And how much of your energy and your time is, is spent on, on the Solumina anode and how much of your energy and time is spent on Johor, the HPA yeah, the, project? So, so the Johor project is uh, at funding stage, and uh, we have announced that we're going through the green bond process, where we are accessing secondary debt, 144 million US of secondary debt by the green bond process. We've also got a partner that is looking for the equity part of that. So that that is uh, running uh, alongside this project. But we're now, uh, because of uh, the opportunity here, we are also putting a lot of effort and resources to commercialize this 
this project as well. Oh, or the anodes. Yes, the saluminum anodes, yeah. Okay, so saluminum anodes. Um, and when you say you've got a partner looking for the equity, is that a, um, a an op- operating partner or a kind of a financing yeah, partner? It's just a, a, a US uh, a banking group called L Morgan, and they're looking for uh, equity partners for the Johor project as well. Okay. Longer term, you see the company kind of spinning out the Johor project as being non-core with the, kind of the, the Salumina anode being the, the, the core growth part of the, of the company or, or not? Uh, at the moment, it fits in. Uh, the, the Johor project produces uh, high-purity alumina. And in the long term, you, we can take that high-purity alumina and go downstream and uh, use it in Salumina anode uh, plants around Europe. So uh, at, at this first stage, uh, 10,000 is a very small plant. When you consider that Europe will require something like 600,000 tonnes of graphite just for the EV industry. So uh, the potential is there. So when you say graphite, do you mean anode? Yeah, graphite anode. Because uh, if you took, if you t- take up 600 gigawatts of battery capacity being built, you need about 600,000 tonnes of graphite. Now, that's the market we're in because what we're doing is providing graphite with this silicon material, which is a premium uh, 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 anode material. Forgive my dumb questions, but I'm learning this slowly. So, so the, the the anode is essentially a graphite anode, but you're incorporating the silumina, uh, the silicon and the lumina to create a high performance, which can um, improve your uh, energy density and your range over life of mine. Hundred percent correct. Okay, and you, you at the at this stage, you're decoupling the two projects because the the HPA project can produce much more, and it just needs its own funding and its own life. Yeah, and, and then yes, yeah, and and the HPA from the Johor project is also used for other applications like LED substrates. It's used in uh, in uh, other parts of lithium ion batteries and and other applications. So. Uh, it has its own um, uh, demand um, outside the lithium battery industry. Okay. And then eventually, once you, later down the line, it might be that you take some of that supply from HPA and you dedicate it to the European um, yeah. anode market. Yes, exactly. Okay, good. Um, just a quick question on HPA and the Johor project. Um, I'm, I'm I'm used to seeing alumina coming from bauxite, um, and yet this is a kaolin project. Yeah, so you you can't actually make high purity alumina from the bauxite process because uh, from bauxite they use uh, sodium hydroxide, and sodium gets caught in the the crystal structure and is very difficult to remove it. So you can't actually make um, high purity alumina or ninety nine point nine nine percent alumina from the bauxite route. So you have to start with a, a different process and different feedstock. And essentially, we use kaolin, uh, hydrochloric acid, and that's, that technology allows us to make uh, very pure high, uh, alumina. And you calcine the, the, the kaolin, you heat it up 700 degrees, cook it up, and then you leach it in hydrochloric acid. Yeah, and then we purify f- it, uh, uh, and, uh, and then we calcine it back to uh, alumina. 
And is the um, is the HPA market has that been kind of well established? Has it been using kaolin for for decades? The, the HPA market today is around thirty thousand tons per annum a, a year. And also, the difference is that they don't use kaolin to, today. They use uh, they in order to make high purity alumina, they have to use aluminium metal, which is a very purified material, uh, and they dissolve it and hydrolyze it and uh, take it to alumina. Uh, our process uses kaolin, which is a disruptive process. Uh, we don't use aluminium metal, which is a very expensive feedstock. We use kaolin, which is essentially a mineral that we own, and it's really the cost of extraction for us, uh, and that's the feed for the alumina for the HPA plant. So very disruptive. Our cost of production is nearly half to a third, uh, and hence uh, there's a lot of interest in that uh, Johor HPA project. And what will you be targeting to produce from Johor? Uh, that plant is uh, rated at 4,500 tonnes per annum of HPA. So what's that 15% additional of, of global supply? And you think the market's kind of comfortable to accept that? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Really interesting. And is it a um, proprietary technology that you've got on the on the to take the kaolin. I mean, can you see other kaolin producers instead of feeding it to the paper industry? Can you see yes. them kind of want, wanting to go down the, the the alumina HPA route? Yeah, we've got about uh, eight or nine patents on that technology. We, we developed that technology ourselves. And obviously there are other companies now that are following. Uh, when you're a market leader, obviously people start to uh, follow and copy uh, what, you do, what you're doing. So uh, we've got patents that protect that technology, and also we've got patents that protect our Solumina Anno technology as well. So uh, we tend to be market leaders, uh, and with market leaders, we do expect that people will follow in, in where we're heading. So that's why uh, it's important to get to market as quick as you can and establish your base there. Establish your brand. Um, wh- yes. what's, the, what's the NPV on the Johor project? Uh, the NPV, so I think it's about 570 million US dollars. Um, so, and, um, so essentially you, you, you've got two projects which are worth just more than 500 million US and yeah. your, your market cap is about 500 million US. Uh, our market cap's uh, probably around 150 million at the moment. Um, is it? Yeah, the Johor project is uh, has a capital cost uh, investment of around... Um, uh, 400 million, so higher investment costs with the NPV around the 570, whereas the Solumina project has a very low capital cost, uh, 95 million with a 507 million NPV. So you can see the economics on the Solumina anode much, much better than the HPA project. Although it's an earlier stage. And okay, well, thank you. That's really interesting. Um, sorry for getting your market cap wrong. I was, no. looking at a bu- I was looking at a bunch of companies. I think I must have just uh, yeah. pulled the wrong number out. So your market cap is around 100, oh, sorry, in US terms, what is it? US is probably around 120, yeah. Okay, good. There we go. Thank you. Um, what haven't I covered that you um, feel as if I've kind of missed out? No, you, you've uh, covered, you, you have very good questions and I think you've covered everything. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, Iggy, um, a real pleasure meeting you. Um, what yeah. an interesting company. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing yeah. the, the, the progress of the company over the, over the course of the next year or so. What would you say are kind of your, 
milestones on a quarterly basis, kind of Q2, three, yeah, four? Yeah, so the news flow, I guess you can expect, is as a company progresses with a pilot plan, there will be a lot more news flow around that. We're looking to uh, sign up uh, some offtake with some downstream partners, so there will be news flow around that. There will be news flow around the uh, DFS and, uh, and, and and as we progress that. So... Lots of things that are happening on the horizon. More data, I guess, performance of new batteries. Um, so very exciting uh, project with, uh, you know, game-changing technology. And uh, we, we love people to come on a journey. Great. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to um, hearing from you in due course. Um, and good luck in all your endeavours. Thank you for your time.